This is your pal Daffy Duck, and you're watching. You're watching. We're watching. You're watching Fanboy. 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 A fanboy, etc. Fanboy Nation. Dot. I assume Tom. <laughs> we were first introduced to this lady on television via Double Divas. She's now a fixture on 90 Day Fiance, including Pillow Talk. Uh, now she's living the single life. Molly Hopkins, how are you today? I'm doing wonderful. How are you this morning? I can't complain. You know, it's a beautiful, sunny California day. Uh, I think Georgia's pretty nice right now, so I know you're living it up. You got the, uh, we watched the video this morning, getting your hair done, getting your makeup done. You're, you're the one living the life. You know, it's really nice to have a team um, of not only is it your team, but it's your friends. And they want to see you live in your best life, really. And uh, having a good makeup artist who's also one of your best friends is is really the ticket to happy and harmony. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. Oh, before I forget, happy belated birthday. Uh, doing a little bit of Instagram stalking on the background just to check out what you've been up to. And, uh, you know, you had a fun weekend, it looks like. I always have fun with Nat. You know, um, he is my safe space. When we are together here in the city, he, you know, can help me shop and pick out good clothes and do my makeup. And also, um, I'm, I'm comfortable with him when I go out. We have fun. We eat. We, we, we go cruise the city and, um, we're just each other's wing man. <laughs> Well, you're a successful businesswoman. You're a mother of two. Uh, you're, you're keeping yourself busy. You're back on television with the single life. There's, uh, after the last episode, there's a little bit of tension going on with you and Kelly, uh, the police officer from New York. Um, you know, but we know how TV gets edited and certain things look different, uh, from different perspectives. So fill us in on what we might have missed, uh, when the cameras weren't rolling. Uh, one of the things I'll say is, um, it is, it is hard. Um, I am in a space where I want to make sure that he's fully comfortable with his decision to be with me. Um, I would never want to keep a man who, who fully deserves to have a child of their own in a situation that may not be savory down the road. Um, I don't want kids. I can't have kids, namely. Um, would I maybe start over with an adopted child? Maybe, but my own, my youngest is 10 and I'm ready to, you know, he's like about to retire. And I was like, don't you want to, just go live in the life and travel and do things, you know? So for me, it's, um, I'm not, I'm okay where I'm at, whether I'm with someone or not. I love my business. I love my kids. My friends bring me so much joy and the women that I serve on a daily, they really fill up my love tank. So I think used to, I was like, Oh, I got to have a man or I got to be in this relationship, but it's kind of nice to just not have to worry about that. And I think living separate from someone, cause you know, he lives in New York and I'm here and, and, and we weren't able to spend a ton of time together because we met during the pandemic. And, um, I've learned a lot about myself last year and I wasn't looking for anybody. I was totally down to just work on my business, be, um, working on myself, which you got to be in the best place possible with yourself to even be in a relationship. And I learned a lot about what I will and will not put up with or can't deal with, basically, um, with a partner. So I'm just moving along and doing my thing. Well, <laughs> and the then the bestie, you know, Nat, he knows, Kelly knows, Nat is a staple. He's the main man in my life and you got to get along with him and people or you can't be here. <laughs> Well, you also pivoted during the pandemic. You started shifting into making masks for a while. Uh, you know, you, you, it became basically a secondary business for you, but you were still taking care of people, still doing what you were doing, uh, beforehand. Also 
for uh, some of the larger cup sizes and the women that you take care of. You also made bigger masks for people with bigger faces that were more rounded instead of a little standard thing that barely covered anybody's face. It was really important for us at that time to pivot. Um, we had to. We had to shut our doors down because even though we could have been considered essential because we help women with prosthetics and we do a lot of surgical garments and nursing bras for people having babies, um, we chose not to. Uh, and at that time when we were doing the diaries, I said, listen, this is what we're doing and maybe it can help people. And when that show aired, we came into over 200 messages of older people. Uh, most of them were older. They were scared to death. They don't use PayPal. They don't use the internet. They wanted to buy masks, but could they send us a check? They didn't have a way to get on the computer to see the prints, but they sure knew how to pick up the phone and call <laughs> the best old school method for, you know, face-to-face selling. And it worked and it made us feel really good because there were some really crazy hardships out there. And, you know, the fabric was gone. The uh, N95 material was gone and we happened to land a couple bolts of that. But prior to, we were taking apart air conditioning filters that had the HEPA fabric in it. And it was I mean, it was the hardest work I have done since I've had a job at 14, truly. Um, picking apart those filters in the air conditioning, our fingers were, I mean, it's metal. So um, chicken wire, basically. And um, it was fine, but it was very, very hard work. But we, we were uh, feeling good at the end of it because we single-handedly cut sewn. And with the help of a couple friends in my nail tech, and my best friend, Nat, and a couple other people uh, managed to make over 10,000 masks. Well, you were doing something right the, this past <laughs> year. Uh, you know, you mentioned living apart from, from Kelly, Kelly being in New York, you being in Georgia. And for people like me, where the ideal relationship would be, the you know, if I ever got married, uh, we'd live in a duplex and she'd live right next door. That way we'd each have our own space. Uh, what do you tell somebody like me that's like, you know, in, in essence, needs their own space, but... If a relationship comes, hey, good on you, because you're willing to put your heart on your sleeve. I mean, you you got married on the show. You got divorced on the show. You're living the single life on the show. Like, there's so much going on that you're putting out publicly for your own existence and sharing with people. I think there's a lot of people who have the same journey, and I think that that's what's so great about this show and why it has been so wildly successful. Whether you're seeking love from an international arrangement or not, whatever that may be, everybody at the end of the day, I think, was designed and we were procreated to find our partner or that person that we want to do this journey with while we're in this physical body on earth. Um, and I'm willing to share it because I think that other people who may be depressed or are not in their best state of mind, let's say, if they see me and they see that I'm real and that I'm willing to put it out there and this is truly my life and they they connect with me, there's a lot of women who connect with me in so many ways that it's still okay. It's still okay to look for love. It's okay to put it out here publicly. I mean, it is a little bit at sometimes, for lack of a better word, you know, because people think they know everything because they base it off of exactly what they see. And that's not always perception is not always the real reality. Um, I feel like in my situation, I put a lot of the real in reality because I do exactly what I feel and I do put my heart out there. Um, it's a little bit more guarded this time. I uh, see the signs and I know they're there and I either, you know, talk about it at that moment or, you know, diffuse it. it it's um, been a good journey, though, this time around. I will say 
um, a little different um, and still some debatable things. I think it was saddening for me. I never thought about the fact that as a woman, I can't have more kids, even though I don't. But still, there's that thing when you're crossing over into your 40s as a woman, you have to start thinking about that kind of stuff. Like I'm changing. (laughs) I am getting older. My eggs aren't fresh. (laughs) Right. Whereas for me, I don't have to worry about that because I remember Anthony Quinn when he was still alive was what, 76 or 77 when he had his last kid. And I think Tony, uh, I can't remember his last name, but he was in the odd couple. I think it was 79 when he had his last child. Right. You guys are just still doing the thing. (laughs) (laughs) A buddy of mine went through the K-1 visa process when he, when he got married. He met his wife on vacation and, you know, th- things went well. And uh, in the beginning, when he first brought her over, I joked, I was like, well, if at least she sucks, you can have her deported. It's not like a breakup where they live down the street and, and you're stuck seeing them at the supermarket. Uh, did people make those jokes the first go around for you when, when you had your situation with Luis? Like, if it doesn't work out, at least you can kick him out of the country type deal? Uh, not exactly, because I think a lot of people really did research and tried to understand what that meant. Um, and for he and I, it was a little different because he really tried to pull the ploy of one of the main three reasons why he would be able to stay, um, which is that it's a false marriage. He would be in impoverished conditions or there was domestic abuse. Um, so he really did his research on that. And a lot of people would just ask me, what do you see? What's wrong with you? And I said, hell, I don't know. You know, it just happened. It wasn't something I planned for. It happened. And I think at the time, yeah, he did make me feel young and vibrant and it was good. And I think I fell more in love with the country and his community and his family than I did with him. Uh, Because your life will be forever changed when you take a dozen pizzas into a scenario with a bunch of children. We take for granted we can just order pizza any night of the week and get it delivered. Um, it was like Christmas morning, and I had to go around the building and have a little cry sesh because you don't think about that. These children were so elated to have pizza and to be gifted from my dentist toothbrush and toothpaste in a little small bag. So I went down there and sent, they didn't celebrate Christmas, but just giving the gift of a coloring book and simple crayons. Whereas my kids or kids these days are like, I wanted the newest iPhone. I mean, my life was forever changed from that experience um, and going into the country where there's nothing even, and it's a beautiful, beautiful Island. And when you see the water there, like you just aren't, if you're just conditioned to staying here and you've never seen it, it just is different. Well, we have a lot of moments in life where something happens and it changes the trajectory, like you going o- over to his home country, uh, bringing him back here was another trajectory. Now the pandemic was another one. You said you learned a lot about yourself uh, during the, the last year of essential isolation with you and your kids. What's something that not only did you learn from the previous relationship, but also through the pandemic and then now the current relationship with the police officer? In my previous relationship, I learned that I am really equipped to do anything and that I'm a badass. Um, where a lot of people may have hired an attorney or done all these things, I did the back-end research. I, I single-handedly filed all the papers. And I felt very empowered to learn the system in that manner. Um, and that I did a lot for myself. And I also did a lot for him. And I, even though I wish I could have that money back in my savings account, um, I still feel good about my journey, even though it didn't end in my favor with love. But I learned a lot of self-love and that that wasn't taken away from me. Uh, during the pandemic, I learned that 
I can sit still. I can sit still and breathe. And I really started doing more meditation. Um, Nat, my makeup artist, had introduced me to a shaman. So I put a lot of those practices into place on that, even though there were people coming at me left and right saying things like, oh, you're just an old hag looking for young love or all of these different things that came at me negatively, I was able to diffuse it and actually have the person turning around to apologize. And I used that as a space where I ended up asking them, what's wrong? I don't believe that you as a woman walking on this planet would come at another woman in this manner unless you were involved in something like this or your mother did something like this. So let's get to the root of the problem. It's not me. It's something you went through. And they ended up booking appointments to get a bra fitting and apologizing because I would say, if you had a better bra, you wouldn't think this. (laughs) So I felt like I was even being like a, a therapist to a lot of women going through the same crap. And for me, I learned how to sit still and actually enjoy my home and get some home projects done that I had not been doing so that when I go home, it is a safe space for me with or without a man. Um. It also opened the door to meet a man who was a man. He does manly things. You know, he he handles his business. He's got a job. He is a mama's boy. Um, He was when I met him and he still is. But, you know, I also learned that there are men out here who are willing to love you just the way you are. Don't need anything from you except your companionship. And um, if somebody out there wants this crazy fun, free-spirited, hard-working woman, and he works very hard, too. At that time, he was working nonstop, so I think I have to have that person in my life that sees that at when I wake up every day. It's my kid. It's my career, but somehow you fit into that. If you don't, then you're not the person for me. I got you. All right, so having lived your life on television and your romantic life, who have you, you know, has it softened you for pillow talk when watching some of the playbacks uh, of uh, this past season? And who did you want to be harshest on after the most recent uh, tell-all? <laughs> I would say that my opinions come with some comedic wit um, because I know that it's crazy. And I also know that it goes down a certain way, but they can take out things and make it seem like it comes out a different way. Um, what I do know is everybody's looking for love. We're all a little bit crazy in our own way. Um, I don't ever want to come off as being judgy because I'm certainly not here to live their journey. They didn't live mine and I'm not living theirs, but just like all of the rest of the world who watches the show we're we're injected into the scenario. Right. And my, I don't see anything before anybody else does. So I'm there freely giving my opinions. Um, After the tell-all, I think that it's not okay for people to judge what people have in their lives. For example, if you have a wife and you all have a sexual prowess or you have an open relationship That's simply your business. I mean, if Helen is okay with a girlfriend, if that's what they feel like they need to do, everybody else can't say that 
the union of a marriage is one man, one woman. I mean, for God's sakes, we got sister wives out here and people who really live in the land of polygamy. It existed it existed since the dawn of time. I mean, kings and queens have had their royal court also be their royal partners. <laughs> I mean, it, it's... It is what it is. You know, Rebecca's in my hometown. We met on the Bears All. People think we know each each other and hang out. We don't. Um, I love her guy. I think he's a sweetheart. I think she's hard on him. But, you know, there's that same dynamic of what I had. She's older. He's younger. Um, They all have journeys. I think Mike is probably a really good guy. I just think they were confused about where they stood. Um, And... I don't really know. Natalie, she's, whew, sometimes her facial expressions make me think she's about to come and put the rabbit in the pot, honey. I don't know. <laughs> but once again, right. you may be a certain way and all of a sudden you're portrayed a certain way and the way that you see yourself can change because of commentary. If you don't have a tough skin, you might be that crazy person. It might really be who you are. and We're just trying to figure out if it is or isn't. it's been a fun ride throughout throughout all of it i mean you you know your journey especially on television uh what would someone be surprised to learn about you specifically because they've seen you on tv and reality tv no less not like it was some dramatized uh scripted television series to realize who you are that's completely different than what was portrayed on television i don't think that how I feel as a person, I'm about to get emotional. In this light that we live in last year with all of this racial inequality and body positivity, people shaming people, I don't think that how hard I go for this community and my people and people who have had extreme injustice because of their skin or their size or anything, I'm a, I'm an equal opportunity kind of person and I go hard. Um, I really believe in equality and, in, and justice for human beings on the whole. And I don't think that how I stand in my stance is, is ever conveyed as strongly. I also serve on a nonprofit a lot and that's not been showcased, but I dedicate a ton of my time, uh, for a local nonprofit. And it's not as huge as these multi-billion dollar organizations. And the reason I serve is because I know that every single dollar is given to a woman who has cancer that just lost her job or she's in the process of possibly losing her home because she can't pay her rent. And the money goes to that. And I've seen so many people's lives be enhanced due to the service of the people in this nonprofit. And it's just a handful. So I'm a servant. um, And I think that's why I ended up with a foreign man that was from a poor country because I am that girl. Um, And I want to, other people to live in that lane of just light and love and happy and positive and that, you know, we as American people cannot judge people wanting to come here for the betterment of their lives. I mean, I'll just give you an example. I needed to have some work done in my house and I called three or four different contractors who are credible businessmen and people who could come and do it and they didn't show or they didn't follow up. But I can drive up the street and get a whole truckload of men who are eager, ready to work just to get money to take care of their family and do a hell of a job. Like, 
it's it's not okay. I think that we really have to shift after this pandemic and bond together even more in light of the brutality and the injustice that's happened to a lot of people in this world. And that's where I stand wholeheartedly. I dig it, you know, because it's uh, it's interesting times. And I think we go through this ebb and flow every hundred or so years of how society evolves and changes. So we got to see what's coming next, but what's next for you? Uh, you know, you have two, you have two daughters, you have a family, you have a successful business. Uh, you know, at some point you're going to want to retire and travel the world. Are you going to be that, that crazy lady that just buys uh, a cruise ship suite for the rest of your life and sail around the world? You know what? If my money's right and my team is right and I have those people with me, yes. But right now I've still got a mighty work to do. If the statistics haven't changed for women um, wearing the wrong size bra and I know people need help, um, it is my personal mission as well as my business partner and my best friend. Um, we want to uh, educate um, young girls at an early age about their breast health. And we're working on a getting a, a documentary for school systems that they can show. Um, cause we feel like if you can teach about sexual education in school, girls should be able to learn about bras and breast health. Um, and just continue on that mission, um, you know, of helping and making a difference in the world. Um, our slogan, let us lift you up is, uh, really not even about the bra. It's about how we hear your story. Um, and we want to do that still. And I've got time, you know, my mom's 70 and she still works full time. And I feel like I'm going to be that girl too. But what I have done is committed to doing something at least once a month or once every couple months. That is something I've always wanted to do now that the travel is getting back open. Uh, well, take us through the documentary thing real quick and the notion of the documentary, because I'm completely ignorant on this right bra size affects bra health. I would The only thing I would have ever assumed would have been posture and, and helping with that. Uh, how adverse effects could the wrong bra size have for someone in this regard? Because I know nothing of this. Well, we compare it to shoes. Let's say you're a man and you're a 10, right? And your foot needs a 12 or you need the width of a, of a 10 to be wider, but you just only have a 10 and they just keep making it wider this way and it never goes this way for depth or length of the foot or in terms of the breast. When you take, and if you wear the wrong size shoe, you get corns and bunions. So if you compare that to a bra where the cup is too small, the wire's pressing in, it's very delicate tissue. So over time, the cells calcify and they begin to press into that area. And women change breast sizes about six times in their life when we first become teenagers and we, um, you know, our rite of passage is women. When we have babies, that freshman 15, um, weight loss and gain. Sometimes you have, um, you know, unnecessary uh, lumpectomies or removal of tissue because they biopsy it. If they fill a hard spot, we get lumps and fibrous tissue. So what happens is when you don't correctly harness as an early age, you can cause ramifications over time. Or if you're pulling your straps too tight and you harness, you create this, or you can create too much tension in your um, shoulders that separates muscle from shoulder. So we see a lot of heavy busted women that get older that can't have um, motion and they have to end up with rotator cuff because they can't move it. Because what we've done for time is really pinched here, but we still move our arms. So we've impeded our range of motion. There's just a lot. But for me personally, starting at a young age in the school system, you're teaching girls that having breasts is normal. 
that even if your breasts are big, you don't have to try to cover and be like this because the hormones that are packed into chicken, especially drive through chicken, is going straight to young girls' boobies. And our bodies are changing. And there's regional body types in in uh, different people, depending on what type of food you eat growing up. So for me, it's just really important to educate. And, you know, not only that, what we've been sold for years is the inception of Victoria's Secret is that you have to look this way when no one looks like that at all. Nobody. I mean, I could go through this whole complex I'm in right now and not come out with anybody who's a candidate to be in that store, but because they've had multi-billion dollars in multiple stores everywhere, that's what we've been raised to believe is where we're supposed to buy our bras. And we've been behind. Um, the UK has sizing all the way up to someone like myself. And so we've carried those products to accommodate women of all shapes and sizes. Well, you're definitely keeping busy and found the market <laughs> that no one's covering at this point. Literally and uh, and figuratively, apparently. And there's a lot of specialty boutiques, but they don't take it as far as we do. I mean, we we really pride ourselves in the few awards that we've had. We've we've have it for, you know, the best place to come for comfort and also just to educate other stores. So we're a sister resource for other businesses that may have been on the brink of closing or staying open, and we've been able to send them tons of business in their own states. So they're very grateful for that. I dig it. All right, Molly, uh, I, I'm pretty sure a tell-all for the single life is going to be coming. Do we get a sneak peek from you today, what we can expect when that finally airs? Honestly, it was just a lot. I've decided that I really love Colt. I wasn't a Colty fan before, but now I do because Colt is the real deal. He will stand up for the underdog and himself, and he's not really this crazy, you know, send and pick guy to everybody, but we had a good laugh about that. Um, <laughs> just stay tuned. All I can say is stay tuned. Uh, there were several curveballs thrown that we didn't know about, um, as usual, per really juicy, beefy tell-alls, and I was on pins and needles most of the time. So, yeah, it was a long, productive day. And it really, I thought I had to overcome some emotion that came back. So it, uh, you'll see some goodness for sure. I dig it. You know how to keep those NDAs in check and make sure that, that you don't uh, overextend them. Uh, Molly. <laughs> <laughs> Let's oh. just say if you think it could happen, it probably did. <laughs> Molly, it's a great pleasure talking to you. You're you're one of those people that I'd love to go on vacation with, like one of those week long cruises with all the all of the uh, you can drink packages just to see how oh, you react. Cruise? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, if you know anybody that runs a cruise ship, we really want to do it one and call it the Double D's on the high seas. <laughs> well, I think they'll be running by New Year's, so you never know. Keep me posted. I'll, I'll go hang with with you and uh, Cynthia on the boat. I just want to see how the two of you react with all the booze flowing. Oh my God, you're hysterical. I don't drink a lot, but when I do, I drink a lot. Sounds about <laughs> right. So let's make it happen. Uh, Molly Hopkins, where can we find you on social media if we want to connect with you or just see what you're up to? Uh, anything that has to do with, uh, Libby Ray Lingerie and myself, my handle's Libby Ray Bras One. Um, and I am on, uh, Facebook as Molly Hopkins. I'm everywhere. 
Awesome. Molly Hopkins, thank you so much for your time. Again, mother, businesswoman, entrepreneur, charity uh, worker, uh, all, volunteer, all sorts of things going on in your life. Even if you don't find love, you found a fulfilling life and that's all that really matters. Thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. Uh, and by the way, uh, 90 Day uh, Fiance, The Single Life is still on uh, Discovery Plus right now. And, you know, we can't wait to see the tell-all when it finally airs. See you soon.